Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman and our next guest, Phil Sharkey of The Higher Authority. Phil, always a pleasure to have you on Radio Entrepreneurs. Likewise, Jonathan, good to talk with you again. It's a pleasure to go over uh, the subject matter that we talk about. And uh, uh, I think I have some interesting uh, topics for you today. I know you always bring us some uh, wonderful tidbits from the uh, world of, uh, of uh, I was going to say the world of espionage, but I guess it's counter espionage. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're trying to stop those uh, folks from coming in the door in the first place. Exactly. You want to talk, you want to talk about, uh, you know, the door opener, so to speak today, the resume and the yeah, presentation yeah. of a resume. It's funny you mentioned that, Jonathan, because one of our catchphrases, one of our, our big touts to clients is be proactive, not reactive. So, so much time and effort and money and the survivability of your company can be literally saved if you do a program uh, preemptively and make sure. And again, I get this a lot when I'm out speaking and talking about it. We're not big brother. I'm not trying to come down on any person. We do nothing without signed release and authorization. But there's something different between, and we'll get into this resume claims, of exaggerating or boasting about yourself compared to when you cross that line, Jonathan, you're flat out lying. And I'm meeting you today and say, hey, Jonathan, nice to meet you. I'm a liar. So if you're lying on day one, how can you ever really be trusted by by that employer? Not not not, not a great sign. So let, let's jump into that, and then I have a topic in the construct of the world that we're operating in, and uh, you know you must see it all the time. So uh, why, don't, why don't you jump in and talk about some statistics that you have on resume falsification or uh, uh, embellishments or untruths? So well, I know you always bring some great numbers with you. Thanks, Jonathan. And funny you should ask. I do happen to have a, a survey from Monster.com, a, a reputable, well-known entity uh, from last year. And it said that uh, they did a survey and it came back with 66% of the candidates exaggerated, exaggerated their skills and competences, competencies on a resume. And of that, they had a subgroup of 400 applicants who admitted to 78% stretched the truth about themselves. So again, we usually see about 30% turn out fraudulent in a full background check. Now here's a resume and people are admitting almost close to 80% are exaggerating the truth. Now I'm from the school where I, I always was taught to best put forward on your resume, try to make yourself look as best as you can to get in that door and get the job. So I understand the pressure of people, but John, so then once they go too far and they stretch that line, um, to me, they're falsifying. And again, they're doing that handshake with you and the employer hires a company like us to find out and they're gonna be ruled out immediately. Uh, of this 400, 60% of the applicants claim to have a mastery in skills for which they either had basic knowledge or absolutely no knowledge at all. Um, and again, when I'm training and I'm talking to the young people, the world, actually all of us that are getting jobs, I really don't understand that claim. I know you want to get in and get the job. What we found out from some clients is that even if they get in, if you don't have the skills, it's not going to last very long. So that, 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 that's the one that's shocking because it would seem to me that, um, you know, some of these uh, hard skills anyways would would be you know, if the core to a job. You'd be found out pretty quickly. Um, yeah, you know, maybe a little more difficult with some soft skills, but yeah. but certainly the hard skills. Absolutely. So even if you get past the process of pre-employment background screening and finding out if you're being truthful, then what happens to you? Now you're in a job which many of these skills are, are really necessary to keep your job. And if they find out very quickly that you don't know what you're doing. Um, you're just really wasting your time as well as the employer. So again, that's a big claim that I see a lot of. Um, we have another claim of 50% said they had worked at some jobs longer in order to omit a success, a successing employer. So this is a big one for me. Basically, they expand their time frame. I just had one this week, in fact, said they worked two years at a job. We found out it was four months. So again, Jonathan, from our side, the unknown 
is almost worse than the known. So now you have gaps in employment on both sides of that time frame. And the thought is, are you omitting a job that ended up poorly? Um, or were you in jail? How were you, you know, what was happening during those other 16 months that you claimed employment? Uh, and that's a big red flag for, for everyone. So tell us a little bit about um, uh, your, uh, not the secret sauce in your process, but you're looking to to find inconsistencies and the inconsistencies open up windows to other potential inconsistencies or out and out uh, uh, mistruths or lies. A- absolutely. And and again, it's not a, uh, you know, again, it's not a big brother attack. It's not going a, a deep dive into people. It's, it's, a, it's a basic format of if you said you worked for four years and you worked for two, what's going on? Is there an explanation? Many times with our report, outside of just ruling someone out, our clients can go back to you and say, hey, Jonathan, what happened here? Can you fill in these holes for me? I have a report that says you worked you know, a year when you're claiming three. And many times this is a chance for the applicants to jump out in front like, and, and explain, well, it was some uh, work I wasn't compensated for, that I, I, can, I believe I was there. See how they answer that question for, for the employer. So your message to you, to your client uh, is is um, we've discovered the the inconsistency. Now it's your job to try and weave together, you know, hear the story, find out what's going on. <laughs> so, exactly. uh, I would imagine some of this is um, in, in some ways, some of it is uh, not necessarily meant to deceive. Um, I think, you know, as you look longitudinally at some people's careers and histories, 20 years, and if they've got gaps, sometimes it's uh, difficult on paper to to articulate that. Absolutely. Um, And especially as you go back in time, Jonathan. So as it gets more dated, we're much more understanding when someone is claiming a job from five or six years ago, and they're a little off on their time frame, or even greatly off. When it's more recent, then it seems to be more glaring. But uh, we have some employers that go back five years of history, some go back seven, and some go back 10 years. And of course, when you get to the 10-year history, you get much more inconsistency on the time frame. Um, But but the claims uh, of having job skills that you don't have. Uh, there was another person, they said 41% use a director's title when they actually had a title of a manager or lower in the corporate uh, 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 landscape. Again, this comes out, we, we talked to human resources. We talked to your former uh, supervisor. I, I just had one a month ago where he said, no, that job description, he goes, that's my job description. That's what I do. And again, to claim that, you know, sometimes maybe he filled in a day or two doing that, but to make that as a claim as your job, you know, then, then, then all hell's going to break loose. It's just going to look bad for you. And I imagine people do it for a myriad of reasons. But uh, the bottom line is, as an employer, you want to be able to get the, the as close to the truth as possible as the story, so that you can set expectations. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, I filled in for uh, a CFO, but I really never was a CFO," um, then then we need to understand that in terms That's of the hiring and and there's potential implications. You know, I may downgrade a salary. I may still decide I want that candidate, but at least I've level set the expectations. In, in Absolutely. Some- and, and a good background check is really a tool for the employer to use, not to totally discredit someone and rule them out. Of course, we have some of major criminal records or, or inconsistencies that are just sure. too, too great. But when it's a situation like this, they can go back and in the second or third interview and say, hey, Jonathan, we're really considering you, but we see a, a gap in employment. We see a claim here that that the, the background screening firm came back and said that seems to be not what you did. Help me out here. Help me help you. Like that movie would say, can you can you make can you explain it to me and make me you know f- feel better about this situation? So, Phil, I want to ask you um, the question that I was thinking about before in the context of uh, the world today. And, and I know you've been at this for uh, for a number of years. 
Um, are you seeing that, uh, you know, there's this uh, sort of sense that in, in, in society at large, that it's okay for people to stretch the truth. Uh, we, we hear all the time now in, you know, media um, that, uh, you know, it's hard to separate out truth from fact from fiction, social media uh, being another tool, very difficult to sort of figure out, you know, what's the source and whether or not there's truth to it. Are, are you finding that candidates, uh, you know, there's a larger trend for candidates to mimic that? Uh, trend as well. Absolutely. And, and we're, we're shown from our leaders, as I've done on our programming many times, the George Santos situation where, you know, falsifying and, and, res- and building up yourself is almost rewarded compared to it's almost a joke mm-hmm. or a snicker. To me, it's still a, a huge infraction to me. It's like, I don't understand the thought process at all uh, that, that people do. And as you mentioned, social media, uh, Jonathan, just just briefly, we do a lot of social media searching now. So I tell all my friends, uh, my my daughter, her age group, uh, older people, too, that, you know, people check. So, of course, when there's, you know, I guess from me, my group, it's LinkedIn and Facebook for but we check everything, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat. And again, that you have to be careful because if it's you can't go into someone's private account and there's actually a law called the uh uh, PIPEDA, which is the uh, Personal Information Protection and Electronics Act. So no one can view your private uh, uh, social media. But Jonathan, today with, with the young people today, our generation, our world, no one wants to be private. They want their word heard. They want to be out there. They don't want to be private, even against my suggestions. Once it's public, you're like like walking down the street. So if you got a Facebook page, which I just had last month, uh, of all marijuana usage and smoking pot and everything. And not that it's not, le- it's, of course, it's not illegal in Massachusetts, as well as many states. But I just had a client, it's a high-end dog walking company, uh, and they their branding, they said, you know, if you can see it, our client can see it. And right. no, we're, we're not going to choose it. We're not blaming this person for breaking the law or anything, but that profile doesn't fit what we need with to, our, to sell to with our, our business and what we're trying to portray. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting because I, I hear oftentimes from uh, younger people, oh, I'm just going to delete that. The, the challenge with social media is, you know, you may be able to delete it, but what happens if people forward it or somebody else, uh, you know, propagated it somewhere else? So, you know, that's so really good. the challenge is take the conservative uh, approach. If if you if you wouldn't put it out there for your parents to see, don't put it out there for the that, world to that, see. That's a great statement, and we always say like you delete something, but it's never really gone. You know, it can always be out there in search engines and uh, with the ability of our our systems to to check through the Google and the internet uh, uh, platforms, it, it really can surface. And, and we even have people, even when I like you said statement about the, what you would say in front of your parents or not, we even have people complain complain about their past job, and employers will see that. And again, how how much of a rush do you think they want to rush in when they see this person nothing but complaining about their their previous or their current employment? Like, well, what are we taking on here? Well, it's interesting also. And I think, uh, um, you know, we've come through uh, perhaps a, a, a more difficult time in terms of finding candidates, hiring candidates. I think people have, uh, at least I've seen employers have been willing to, um, you know, I don't know, let their guard down, be a little more lenient in terms of things. And um, invariably, those types of things come back to bite you. And yeah. and so, uh, you know, if, if 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 it you know walks like a duck, invariably, it is going to be a duck at some point. You might not see it, and and you may be desperate to fill that role. But three six months down the road, you're going to be back out, you know, looking for candidates again. That, that you're preaching to the choir. That's what I tell people, and and I tell the people they get sort of angry. And they, they yell, they yell, well, you know, marijuana is not illegal. Like, of course, it's not, and it's no, you know, alcohol, whatever you do on your personal time is fine. 
But, you know, we just had another client that's a tree cutting company and that person's uh, social media showed nothing but marijuana usage. Now, how, you know, do you think they had concerns about putting him in a tree, you know, 60 feet above the ground? And of course they do not pulling on his character at all or questioning him. But how long does marijuana stay in his system? Some people say, you know, the effects can be from one to to four or five days or in your system for, for 30 days. So if something happened, now they're liable and they do a drug test and it comes back. So that's the problem. Again, not coming down on anyone, not picking on a, a certain uh, a party thing of choice. 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 <laughs> exactly. But you got to be aware that people are looking and they're trying to protect their business. Well, absolutely. And put it in the construct of the type of work that people are doing. And, you know, you could say, hey, it's just an office job. But at the end of the day, if they're putting extra zeros on on numbers and, you know, missing details and things of that nature, then uh, it may have a potential uh, a significant negative impact on the business. Absolutely. So, There's no doubt about it. That's why we, we're here for for those type of for, for all clients. Yeah. Phil, always wonderful advice, wonderful guidance, great statistics. If people want to get in touch with you, want to talk to you about the hire authority, how uh, you can help them to make better hiring choices, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, Jonathan, right on the internet is hireauth.com. That's H-I-R-E-A-U-T-H.com, short for hire authority, toll free. You always get a, a person answering a phone. It's 888-230-5901. And we do talk to people coast to coast so that we can work anywhere. Wonderful. Always great information, Phil. Really appreciate you coming on Great Entrepreneurs and uh, sharing your 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 wisdom. And uh, hopefully people will reach out and make better decisions. And Thank we'll you, be right back. It. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.